We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 18th day of October, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Pavel. Pavel, how are you today? It's good to see you. Unfortunately, Bruce isn't with us today, so it's just going to be the two of us. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. Bruce is with us in spirit. I'm doing well. Things are looking up a little bit and, um, you know, still doing my thing. And I hope everybody who listens and everybody else who doesn't know that I'm trying to keep everyone in my prayers and um, hopefully trying, trying to light up the world a little bit so it's a little bit less dark. That's what we all hope for is exactly that. Well, you know, you and I have done podcasts, just the two of us before, and it's been a while, but looks like we're going to do it again. So where would you like to start I'm, today? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fine oh with it. Oh boy. We've done some good ones oh in the boy. past. Where, where would you like to start? So I will, I just want to say this because it's something clever. I thought it's something I thought of. So w just one simple concept I want people to understand. If you look at human beings from a weird angle, like we're not even conscious at all. If you start a war and a whole bunch of people die, it's almost like that energy goes back into the universe, their souls do. After a war, a lot of people are motivated. They're either angry or they're, you know, they're very, very motivated to produce new things. So if I was completely conscienceless, I would say, I would literally look at the numbers and be like, hey, you kill this many people, this much energy goes out in the universe. Within the next 10 years, look how many new things are invented. The energy got back. Hey, we should keep doing it. It's just something that's like out of a sci-fi movie I thought of. It's always been historically accurate whenever people go through a period of turmoil on the other side. Things always ratchet up in the positive direction. Case in point, look at the Second World War. That was a major, major inflection point for the world at the time. And look at where we were on the other side of it. As in, look at the absolute... Um, how do I put it? Um, world changing, just just it, total, it, total different it planet. It, it was. It was... It was literally the chains being taken off of the average person, the fueling of just the the whole concept of laissez-faire capitalism. And it was everybody go in and, and the market was just burning white hot. And look at what we were able to produce. Look at what we were able to build when you had oh, no interference. And it was down to the individual. It was down to the little guy. It's unbelievable. Uh, and, and as you're saying, the reason why the explosion happened of all the inventions and all the positivities for a little bit, people got left alone. They, they had the freedom to invent, um, progress, rebuild, and replace. As soon as enough innovation was out there, something happened. When new, you know, new inventions, patents, people starting to disappear, and it seems like there was a pause. So when the control went to corporations to pat to their patents to the patents that are you know put away forever i see that the it's not like the progress stopped it's like it went into a very specific direction i i put this on my twitter the other day okay if you're going to put all your eggs in one basket 
make sure you know the guy that made that basket. Also, make sure you're standing in a room that that guy owns. You know what I mean? You you want to be if if you put all your eggs in one basket, you better be you better be getting that basket from the landlord. You know what I mean? And social media, this tech, the the evolution of computer chip. I mean, that started. With, how did the computers? You know, the concept began. And I'm not talking about you know the the, the ancient tech or whatever. It, it was all it was all to um, decode. German Enigma machines, right? And and they started making first circuits in Britain. You know, the, the best, they got the best cryptologists in the world. And I mean, what is programming? What is a computer? It's it's basically you're taking human language, you're taking words, and you're forcing those words to become physical and move a physical object to make calculations, you know, and, and that's how the digital revolution was born when we went from analog to digital. Um, and I hope people understand the, the the difference between, you know, analog, mechanical, and, and digital. The, the the main difference is with mechanical analog things, you know, you push a switch and that switch is actually straight connected to the lamp or whatever you're doing. With digital things, you press a button and it all gets translated to zeros and ones and goes through code and, you know, the, the different parts of the machine. So there's actually, you're not touching anything physically, you're sending a signal. So the Enigma machines, which... I guess were accidentally captured. You know, there was few halfway destroyed ones inspired people to di- to look into linguistics. You know, the, the the ideas of abstract, almost subconscious will to create an object that can think for you. That's a great, great, great innovation right there. And if you notice, we're da- we're on the well. I can't say if dangerously, but we're we're on the course right now using that same type of a example and bringing it up to the modern age we're on the course to doing this with artificial intelligence aren't we yeah yeah it's it seems like the technology keeps going on but the mindset doesn't change no the it, mindset it's, it's, is is always down it's like we were talking and you've mentioned it before and we talk about it with uh, with our guest Weston on Tuesdays from cutting through the matrix it's literally that we, you've got people that are that are in the matrix and they're just they're stuck in in whatever level of just being uh, drugged out, or as you say, in in the alcohol, in the gambling. Uh, I say watching sports or whatever it is they're doing. They're anesthetizing themselves to the real world. Yeah, I here. Okay, so since we went into this direction, this is actually really really cool. I have watched. Um, I can say studied, but I've I've seen it. I've seen it take place. Um, the cycle, the giant mass hypnosis experiments in Russia, in, in Soviet Russia. So a very, very normal thing. This was a common, you know, common thing that everybody did every day. And, and they all knew about it and all the grandmas and the kids. So if you have a TV, once a day, you will turn to whatever channel because there's only like three. And you watch this guy. Now, this guy, his name was Kaspirovsky, was his last name, I believe. So he was the Russian mass hypnotist that healed thousands of people and helped everybody and spread the positive energy. So literally everybody would tune in and they would watch this guy appear, in, you know, in front of a stadium that has, you know, hundreds of thousands, just giant places and hypnotize the whole stadium and, and, and just heal people and left and right. And everybody, you know, and that's what people watched and it was amazing. And they were getting healed just by touching the TV. And then, then I've, I watched people put like, a cup of water on top of the TV or in front of the TV because the guy would charge it at the end. So you would have some holy water or whatever. And um, yeah, literally, I mean, everybody even, I mean, everyone believed in that. They, I mean, there were people that didn't, but I mean, I would say everyone of the population that 
was a normal human being. What was happening is in the beginning, you know, half the people or a quarter of those people are actually hired at the stadium, you know, and then when the guy says you're all now, you know, raise your arms and you're happy, you know, half the half the stadium would do it and the rest would follow. Then the numbers went down. Next thing you know, there's only a planted person for every hundred people. So I watched that develop. It's not, it's a, it's, it's so funny because not only it's a distraction, also it's such a positive way to have the population at least, you know, like you, because, you know, you might be, you might be broke and poor and hungry, but your government is good enough to promote this magic man that, you know, at least they, they promote him so everybody can be rich soon and, and, and heal and, and happy. And man, did it work. Hey, I, I've literally seen my, remember my grandma just lining up um, like jars of water in front of the TV. Um, you know what? Placebo? Who knows what it was? I mean, it worked. They did work. I mean, people believed in it so much that they felt better. So what do people follow now then? If we're looking at this in terms of mass uh, psychosis or, or mass hypnosis, wh- whatever, right? If if we're looking at it now and everybody seems to be kind of stuck in this cycle of just denial of reality, what is it now? Is it social media? Is it the infinite scroll you talk about? That's an excellent, excellent question. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything, but there's the main player. Like I'm trying to think exactly what I want to say. I talked before to you and Bruce, how, you know, you watch Brad Pitt on TV and, and you, you know, you get pumped up and, and, uh, you know, you basically start worshiping the actor. You know, if you're smart enough, you're trying to, you know, at least worship the idea. I've seen movies that are totally fake and they motivate you. Social media, Hollywood, newspapers, Fox Channel, you know, all of it is somewhat tainted with this hypnosis from a little bit to all the way. And the reason why it's set up that way is because sometimes people are smart enough to pinpoint obvious things. And that way, there's another level where, you know, let's say they go online and talk about fact how, you know, oh, I see this conspiracy theory. That's covered. And that's that's basically buried in so many levels of hypnosis that people are actually contributing to. It's it's There are self-selecting programs out there. There are self-building programs where... You basically introduce an idea and the population themselves will create multiple, multiple, multiple layers of confusion where at the end, um, that's the whole point. I mean, everybody's um, like, what are people waiting for? What is your motivation? Like, what is the goal? Is it the next movie for a lot of people? I mean, for how many people is it the next episode of whatever? I don't watch TV shows. Somebody came up to me the other day, said, hey, have you seen Lucifer? And I, the only thing I ask is like, hey, is it smart? The guy's like, yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll watch a little bit. Sounds funny. Um, but how can you tell me that you're not hypnotized if you spend X amount of hours a day sitting in a locked position, staring at a basically two-dimensional screen out of a three-dimensional object that animals can't even see what's on it? You know, we used to call something similar reading where you just stare at a really thin piece of wood for hours and you look at all the marks and you hallucinate vividly. That's actually kind of mind developing. You know, you just basically look at some black scratches on a white piece of processed wood and you're like, wow, that's a house like in my mind now. And if, if somebody's never read anything, doesn't understand the concept of, re- of writing or reading, they'd be like, dude, you're staring at nothing and you're saying you've seen a house. Well, if you don't develop that further, the idea, you get stuck in that point. That's it. You, you Everyone spends hours staring at a two dimensional object, like in a pause. How is that not hypnotized? I mean, literally. 
Who cares what's on it? There's always something for everyone. That's the point. I like the reference you make there. You say, what is it going to be that that motivates people to the next thing, like the next episode or whatever? And I'm, I'm looking at things in the opposite terms. I'm thinking, what the hell is it that's going to snap people out of that? What is, what is it going to take to get you to get out of that that mentality that you're in, that thinking that if I watch this, this is going to fulfill me. If I uh, if I do what they tell me in like this celebrity or that sports star or, or this uh, TV doctor or whatever, if this person tells me to do this, then this is going to fix my problem because I can't uh, do this. I mean, it's it's that malleable population. What's it going to take to get you out of that? out of that excellent that circular logic what's it going to take to get you out of that you know i i i wonder i wonder some people and i was listening to a guy this morning i was listening to a a a guy that's um basically he's an amateur historian he was asking nearly the same question but in a different context he was looking at it in the context of uh finances as in like the stock markets and things like that he says is that going to be what motivates people is in like when when the stock market goes or we have a, a big credit crisis and people's 401ks and their savings get wiped out and your currency goes by the wayside like it did in the in Weimar Germany the hyperinflation is it going to be that that gets you as in the american population is it going to be that that gets you up off the couch is it going to get you out of the recliner or are you too drugged out in the states now i know not everybody's like that of course i'm not i'm not saying that of course not but a goodly percentage of the population my goodness we're oblivious we're walking headlong like lemmings off the edge of a cliff Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And it, it is funny in in a sense, like such a cruel joke. And if I really want to answer your question, out of all the movies and all of that, the very reason why actually it got to like, you know, larger people now, you know, they used to all the motor models and movie stars used to be thin. Now, you know, you're looking at gay or fat or whatever it is, no discrimination. But here's the reason for it all. Everything you see, like John Wick or whatever, Superman, the TV shows, all of those characters at the very bottom make you feel not good enough to be them. You're dreaming, you're watching 007 do all the stuff you wish you could do and you wish your life was that exciting. So, and you, and, and then looking at how awesome, you've never seen a middle, middle level guy struggle and, you know, maybe become a little bit better and fail million times everybody's focused on the guy that's the best looking and now you know he could be best looking even if he's fat or she is or the best model is fat so now fat people can feel not good enough too it's great no discrimination gay people can feel not good enough the problem of taking everybody who is you know either super good looking or super this super that and putting all the spotlight on them even though now even though they throw people you know normal supposedly people in there it's it's still the same thing now they're trying to make normal people not good enough too all of it is designed so you're virtually fulfilling the strife for improvement but as soon as that screen shuts off that chemical um you know high shuts off that screen you're like oh shit i'm back to myself first thought let's go get a beer chill not worry about how much better that person is than i am that imaginary person that actor is probably a drug addict and in someone's pocket people are put down in the in the coolest way possible people are being put down by themselves and they, it, it, it's a self self-fulfilling program you know what i mean it's people want to look at those people people want to be entertained what they don't want to face the fact is that the entertainment replaces the fear of not accomplishment in your own life i mean i'm talking to not everyone there's happy people but i feel like the majority of people gave up and instead they're 
willing to be okay in their own imagination. All men quietly suffer. And if you don't sound, you know, even I suffer too, but not quietly anymore. I think that's about it. You know, I, I see that. I, I see that all too often. People wanting to live vicariously through what they see or, or what they listen to in the entertainment world. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that people that listen to, say, for example, podcasts or whatever, I'm not saying that, that that's the same thing. I guess it all depends on what you're listening to because they have podcasts for just about everything. So it doesn't oh, necessarily yeah, have to be It's such a about great politics. mixed. No, you're absolutely right. It's a marketplace that is... It's literally a smorgasbord. It's open for everything that you can possibly imagine. There's a podcast out there for, I, I, I don't know. What grows under your nails? That. Yeah, okay, great. And it probably has a million <laughs> subscribers. I mean, I don't know. There's so many people that look for an escape. And, and I think that when they get confronted by something that is unpleasant to them. You know, it kind of goes back to um, to what we were discussing about ideological subversion. And we listened to uh, Yuri Bezmenov when he talked about, look, I know that these things are unpleasant and Americans don't like to hear things that are unpleasant. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's the reality of things. You know, people don't want to hear things that are unpleasant. They want to I guess they hear enough on pleasantries in their day to day doing whatever it is they're doing in their routines or, or whatever, whether they're going to the office or or dealing with uh, screaming kids at home or I don't know, whatever's going on in your life. But people don't want to then sit down and look at the real world and say, oh, my God, that's even worse. So they'll tune out, right? They'll, they'll tune out and they'll, they'll look at something else. I guess I, I, I've always tried to look at it in terms of, look, I see things a certain way. And I'm not telling people that you need to see things my way. All I'm saying is, is that, hey, wait a minute, this is affecting me and this is affecting the way that I live my life. So it has to be affecting you and the way you live your life. Maybe you should pay closer attention to that. Make your own mind up about what you believe is going on or what interests you. If that doesn't interest you, then there's nothing that I can tell you. You're going to be in a worse position when and if something goes wrong, as opposed to the person that's looking at a situation eyes up this all of this like everything i feel like you know i do well i know what i do you know and i and i believe what you guys do is out of, is out of empathy i really don't need to be here right now i think more or less i'll be okay for the rest of my life and maybe people that i love will be okay as well i'm doing this because i'm sad because i just see how evil it is what is being done because what they use as a tool to mess with you is people's faith People want to believe. People want to believe. They want to be faithful. And the replacement of that faith with a fake one, when, when they are forced to dedicate their happiness and their wills to something that is fake, that's evil. Because messing with anybody's naivety or messing with anyone's meaning of life, I guess that's the true evil part. Because it's if you are surrounded by fake ideologies and, and and everything you can see here or think is is from somebody else that that's been put in your head finding your own person finding your own goals and meanings it, it is it is so hard because to truly believe what has been done to yourself is to face the fear of this hypnosis that you're coming out of i mean that when you this is how you know you're you're starting to get out of it when you when you feel the fear the the, the fear when the, of the understanding of how much of things that are around you are fake and put there on purpose you know I, i've seen my mom go through it i've seen my mom almost go white and pass out you can see that click oh my god everything clicked i i've had that moment too when when i was like 
when you realize how much of your life has been manipulated and it's different for everyone, you know, but when I realized how much of my life all of a sudden makes sense and it's, and you realize how really powerless you were while you weren't awake, your, your skin goes white and your hair stands up. That's when you know. People want to be part of a group. I think that's the other challenge that we're facing here is they don't want to feel like they're out on their own. They don't want to feel like they're out and away from the group. They, they find safety in, in a group or an ideology that identifies with said group, whatever that is. And so people tend to go along with that, especially if they have other people around them, such as family and close friends that are involved and subscribe to that same idea because then they feel like they are safe and they can relate to what's going on. And, you know, I'm the opposite of that. I'm the opposite of that. I'm I'm somebody that looks at what everybody else is doing, and I think, I don't want to be anywhere near that. If I see a group of people running, I'm not going to run, right? I'm not one of those people. I want to sit there and say, okay, what in the hell are you people running from, right? I, I'm going to question that. Me personally, again, I can only speak for myself here, I find safety in the individual, I don't find safety in the group. When you look at what's happened over the just the last three years, right? I mean, we can go further than that, I suppose. But just the last three years, just with the the, the corona, uh, corona crisis, right? All the way across. Everybody was looking for safety. Everybody was looking for sanctity in a group of people. And they tried to get everybody subscribed to the same way of thinking. They shut down your social life so you couldn't interact with other people. Look at what they did. Look at what they did with restaurants, bars, taverns, uh, churches, social clubs, th these types of things, gyms, that all that stuff, right? Look at what they did with all these places. They were all closed down because you were going to potentially kill somebody else, even though you didn't know you were going to kill somebody else, right? That's what they told everybody. No, no, I'll tell you what it was. It was an initial point to get everybody in fear to cause you to stand down so you wouldn't converse with other people. Look at the American Revolution, okay? Let, let's just compare it to that. Churches, taverns, restaurants, bars, those were the places where people would congregate, get together, and say, hey, wait a minute, something's wrong here. We've got to stop this. This is insane. If people would have done that, then we could have possibly prevented this in its infancy. It would have been squashed. I'm not saying that that indeed would have been the case. But the people that have done this, psychologically, they know in history what has worked and what has not. And so Boston just to be honest, that's it. All that's right. it. But that's what they wanted to prevent. They wanted to prevent any form of resistance forming at the grassroots, at the local level, because they couldn't stomp it out everywhere. They cannot stop, no matter what they do, they cannot stop word of mouth. Once they shut everything down, as in your social life, once they shut that down, that forced everybody home, right? Nobody could even go to work. Hell, we were paying people to sit at home rather than go to work. And so when you were home, what happened then? Your perception began to be monopolized. You needed to monopolize your perception. Once you were shocked, once the initial shock factor took place, everything changed, you were in a state of psychological panic. That makes you susceptible. Once you're susceptible, then a new idea can be introduced. Once that's introduced, then you just have to hammer it home through the process of monopolization. They shut down your schools. They shut down your gyms. They shut down your restaurants. They shut down your churches. They shut down your jobs. And they sent you home where you were forced to watch the mainstream media to figure out what was going on. And then when you went to look in other places, such as social media, all the social media companies, all the tech companies shut down everybody with an opposing viewpoint. And so it forced you, it forced you to conform to one specific idea, 
one specific way of doing things. And if you didn't do these certain things, then you were part of the out group. You were not doing as the others were doing, right? Even if it was a minority, it doesn't matter. The minority need to convince the majority that they are the minority. And that's precisely what they did. So again, I am somebody just with me, my own personal character. It's just, you know, I'm just speaking for myself. I don't find safety and sanctity within the group. I find safety and sanctity outside of that because I can think on my own. I can critically think and I can analyze, I can evaluate, and I can make my own choices. And if I'm wrong, that's on me. So how do we break that? How, how, how do you we, nailed it. How do we break that? How do we how do we get people to to snap out of that that group mentality and start thinking like individuals again? Group mentality means a shared responsibility. A shared responsibility gives a lot of people the opportunity to act out on things that they've been keeping, you know, in themselves. Um, unfortunately, if an average person grew up and was born into the system, when they when they're given an opportunity of safety to speak out, they're not going to say anything nice. Most people don't have anything nice to say anyways because they're not happy. The, the question is how to break out of this, all of it, or even for an average person. When everything got locked down and everybody was sent home and the streets were empty and everybody had to wear a mask, as a person, not as a business owner, not as a citizen, as a human being, Actually, I got a lot happier because first of all, I like being on myself. I have very few individuals that instead of taking my trust and spreading it over people I've never met online or, or anybody else in my life, I have an extremely small circle of individuals in which I place all my trust, more or less. And that was set up prior to Corona. So what I saw is an opportunity to, you know, be around less people, opportunity to sit home more and study more, opportunity to actually shut the phone off because no, nothing's open. Who cares? Everything is a double-edged sword in life if you are a double-edged sword. It is never too late to start training or getting ready. I think what worked for me and I believe what would work on a lot of people is self-development as a way to escape this. But the issue is this, so much of the population is already, um, you know, maybe in a bad shape or has all these medical problems, you know, vaccine, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, it's so difficult to start working out and, and or even going outside. You just, you get sad and you shuffle back to the TV. I will be honest, I've been depressed in my life. I've been very sad years ago. How I beat it every time, because it didn't, it took me multiple, multiple, multiple tries to, to to just be okay. And every time what pulled me out, pulled me out was hitting the floor and, and trying to push myself off of it. There were times in my life where I could barely walk. I'd be so weak. And every time, and, and once I got back on my feet once, twice, third time, things got clearer and clearer. And, and I got better and better idea of what is it that can bring me back to myself. And I literally been telling people I, I would go in the shower and I, and I would sit there until... It got so quiet in my head, I could only hear my own thoughts. I started writing things down. I, I started putting things on my walls. <laughs> Some of my friends thought I was kind of going nuts because I would write something down and I'd tape it on my wall and they'd be like, what is that? And I'd be like, you don't understand. But for me, that was a little, another little piece of that routine I was looking for that day of that personality, of that self-analysis. Nobody sits there and thinks just who they are, why they're here, because it's such a difficult question. We're just 
naturally trained, raised, and brought up to think that it's too difficult of a question. People in power in this society, by the way the rules work, people that actually get to the power, most of the time, or actually, well, yeah, most of the time, if not all the time, they're already crazy in some ways because if the, if you're at the end of your life and you're not a happy person who wants to spread happiness, that means you never found that place. You never found you have it. You never found your meaning of life. You never found the reason besides, you know, money, whatever the hell. I don't even understand them, to be honest. So I look at people that have the ability to improve their own lives and improve lives of others. And I'm not talking about population. I'm talking about people up there. I look at that as a form of a mental illness, because if you've reached a certain age and you're not happy yet, you are starting to face an existential crisis. Like, you know, there's a term midlife crisis. I think I had mine, I guess. I got over it just fine. Some people don't and it stays and it stays. And then next to, you know, the fear, the fear is there. And then they don't really maybe even know what they're afraid of. So that's, that's just creates paranoia over time. I know so many people in their 60s, 70s that can't sleep anymore. I know people in their 50s, 40s, 30s, they can't sleep because they're so worried. Um, I knew also a few individuals to sleep like dead, even in their 90s and 60s. My great uncle on my father's side, he was a sniper in World War two multiple you know he almost died like a million times he was in his 90s i think when i met him he had a better eyesight than i still do that guy was happy he slept fine just just like yeah can't wait to die sucks tired anyhow let's go fishing was that a joke i don't know but once you stop thinking about where the life ends you start living it another quote i just put on my twitter i said i don't know how far the angels will take me however i do know where where I will end up. And that's it. What else is there to worry about? You know, I, I guess I never really thought about it. People were asking me during COVID, they're saying, oh my God, isn't this, you know, it's, it's terrible and uh, we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. And I'm like, okay, what, what do you want me to say? I've got a stack of books that I need to catch up on and I'm actually glad for the break. Now, I understand that it's caused irrevocable damage to businesses, small businesses and things. I'm not excusing that. Of course not. Uh, and I understand people lost money. They lost life savings and, and things. That's inexcusable for me. But at the same time, it gave me an opportunity to spend more time on myself, as you said, on self-development. And for me, that includes a lot of study is in like book study into the things that I read into. It also includes time spent on like physical activity, such as workouts and things like that. It also has a lot to do with developing a mental attitude that is impervious to what these people are trying to do. They're trying to convince you to think a certain way and buy into something that you are not and you're not meant to be. As you said, you took that time to turn off the phone. You know, I don't have a phone that gives me an alert every 15 minutes or hell. I, I can't tell you the last time I got an actual like notification. I, I don't have any of that stuff. So I, like, I have a phone that works for me. It's not the other way around. But that doesn't concern me. Even so, even if it, even if it did come up and, and beep at me every five minutes, that doesn't concern me. Not anymore. That doesn't bother me. Prior to COVID and prior to the destruction of social, what we know as the normal social society and the social order of things, I was already set up, as you said, with what I was doing that didn't affect me. Like it, it, it had it had no bearing on on what I was doing day to day. I was still doing the same day to day. Yeah, I couldn't go a couple of places, but I mean, I wasn't really all that concerned about it. But I did other things. 
You know, I found other things to occupy my time with. Didn't really like it doing the same repetitive stuff every single day, but at least it was something else that occupied my time. And it gave me a chance to have self-reflection. What can I work on today? What more can I do today? What can I do tomorrow? What do I need to focus on here? Also, I think having this platform pre-set up, it gave us a chance to have an outlet, if you will, right? So maybe I'm being a bit biased in that regard because not everybody has a platform, not everybody has an outlet to be able to express themselves and in a healthy manner. And we do that. And we appreciate the people that take the time to sit down and, and listen to us complain every day. <laughs> Hopefully, the things that we discuss and the things we talk about, people can actually relate to. And they can they can see that and apply it to their own lives and make themselves better people. That's what it's all about. It's about you making yourself a better person. Do you know, when we first started this, that's what it was meant to be. It was meant to be a podcast about self-improvement. It was meant to be a, a podcast about what we can do in our everyday lives as far as situational awareness and physical fitness and healthy lifestyles and and good food and vitamin and mineral supplements and and working out and and these things. That's what it was all supposed to be about. But then the world went to hell. Everything went to hell. So everything changed. We had to change with it. And so that's what everything has become. But if I didn't have those things set up prior to, if I didn't have those networks set up prior to, I mean, the guys that we we did all this stuff with, you know, Bruce and, and, and GP and Marty and everybody, we had all that stuff set up two, three years prior to everything going bad. We talked about it two or three years prior to even starting it. You know, we went through almost a year's worth of planning before we decided we were going to sit down and do this. And so our self-development and our independent way of doing things had already begun. We were ahead of the curve, if you will, even though we didn't know what was coming around the corner. And so we were able to adapt a whole lot easier. Yeah, we've had to make some adjustments and things. I mean, we weren't able to do the usual things like go on vacation or whatever, you know, because of travel restrictions and things, which are still there, by the way, largely. But it's a different it's a different mindset that you have to build for yourself. There's no such thing as starting too late when it comes to self-development. You can start tomorrow. You can start yesterday. You can start a week from now, but I wouldn't recommend putting it off more than a day. I understand how difficult it can be. I get it. Speaking from my own personal experience, I understand it all too well. I was told by several medical people, I'll just leave it at that, you know, licensed physicians, if I didn't change my life, as in if I didn't change my life and, and get into better physical shape, if I didn't do that, then I was going to face issues the rest of my life, as in like painful issues the rest of my life. That was a wake-up call to me. It wasn't by one, it wasn't by two, but but three or more. Do this, or here's your alternative. Well, I didn't like the alternative. I, I didn't like the alternative of being in constant pain and, and, and worry and stress and everything the rest of my life. I didn't like that idea. And so it became about self-development. It was a forcing. And maybe that was what maybe that was what I needed. I needed to be forced. I needed to be put into a position that was out of my control to feel uncomfortable to force that change. And maybe that's what it's going to take for other people. You're going to have to be forced to be put into a position that you don't want to be in in order to force that positive change for yourself. Now, what perplexes me is what is going to be that trigger 
to cause people to change. I honestly don't know what that's going to be at this point, other than what I'm thinking, maybe possibly a financial system uh, trouble, financial turmoil. I, I don't know. I've always heard that nothing wakes people up faster than red stocks. I, I've always read that. I, I've always been told that. But if you're not going to stand up and take control of your own life after these people have stomped all over your civil and human rights over the last three years... What's it going to take? What's it going to take to force you to be the positive change for yourself that you need to be? Let's look at this in terms of more than just yourself. Benjamin Franklin famously said, by making yourself a better person, the world is a better place. Be not afraid of going too fast. Be afraid of standing still. I think that the answer to the question, what, what will make this change? What will help people start? I think the answer lies in humility. Everybody, almost everybody knows someone who is leading by example. Don't be ashamed. If I mean, if that person is willing, don't be ashamed to ask for help or questions. I mean, I am doing all of this just because I had so many people ask me all these questions and they, and they love the answers because their lives started to make sense a little bit more. And then next thing I know, you know, those people go out and their friends are a little bit happier. If you're sick, with this, this, this virus, I'll, I'll call it Corona 2022 or Corona infinite, whatever, start a new virus. I'm going to infect an individual with this new virus. I know some other ones. Heck, you know, we're not going to jab you with anything. I'm getting infected, man. If you're too hurt, if you're too confused, if you're too scared, just, you know, quote unquote, start doing pushups. That's just a thing I, I say. Try to change your company and yourself, no matter who you are, because by definition, there are people that are infected with this. They're nice, but they, they, they're accepting, at least I should say, by definition. So if you find one of us, we're not going to reject you. Because if a person has found happiness in life, or at least they're, I, I'm not, I hate the word awake now because they ruin everything. It's, it's not awake anymore. It's, I don't know, infected is what I'm going to call it. If you find an infected person like myself, I'm not going to be jerked to you. And probably I'm going to try to help you. Don't be afraid to change your company because you are who you keep. You know, it's it's not easy. It's very, very difficult to be humble and be a teacher at the same time. There are things in life, like I said, that are self-selecting or, you know, self-fulfilling. A person on the right path will not step away off of it unless there's an outside fact that is going to pull you off of it, which most of the time it's really, it's another person. I mean, we are, we all, in fact, you know, get influenced by TV or news or whatever, but it's really people around us that um, influence us the most, you know, from chemically just sitting next to you to actual speech. If you feel unhappy, then you're probably, you know, reasonably, you're probably not infected with this yet. Um, find the person that's out there chopping wood all day and laughing, even though, you know, he doesn't have a car or something or whatever. Who cares? Yeah, that's me, exactly. but I have a you car. Know, I, yeah, I have oh, a car. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have one. I'm going to have to get a driver. Um, <laughs> so don't be afraid to make a mistake. You know, I've when I was younger, I'd come up to a lot of people and I'd get burned. But there are people that don't pretend to be real. And if you're real, you have no intention to hurt anyone around you unless there's, you know, harm coming towards you. Real people don't inflict harm on others out of their own personal necessity because they're embarrassed. 
you know, I've had to clean up things after people before adults. Man, I had to clean up things after adults. You know why I clean up after myself? Because I'd be embarrassed to have somebody else clean up for me. You know, and 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 I've watched, I watched grown grown men laughing there, pointing like, oh yeah, that dude's cleaning up after us. What a, you know, what a bad word. And that's what that's what's so interesting to me. You know, how can you be anything if you can't even clean up after yourself? Or or if you take joy, you know. I'll tell you this. I came up with this little quote a while ago. Beware of men who gain gratification from talking about helping others. Not helping and doing, not talking and doing, but just talking. Beware of men who gain gratification from bragging about something that who knows if they even did it. Beware of people that talk all day about how they help everyone. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Me, look, but it's... That's why I said it's so difficult to be humble and help people. It is so difficult to be an instructor and stay humble. The humblest person I've ever met in my life, the, the, the gentleman that as little time as I've spent with him, yet he influenced, he sharpened my mind. He gave me that other side of my sword. He is the humblest, humblest person I've ever met. Like, I mean, hum, like unbelievable, yet he's probably the most dangerous person or, you know, at least back in the day that I've ever met. And with a very good proven record of that, um, you know, everybody knows this guy and that no one has anything bad to say about him. He's, he's amazing. He's the humblest guy, blah, blah, blah. But listen, that man is real and everyone knows it. It's not, it's not a secret. They're there. Don't be afraid to go talk. I think that the people speaking on, on what you were saying there about the, the ones that boast all day about how much help they do and, or how much help they provide and how much charity they do and this and that. Usually the ones, at least in my experience, to kind of back up what you were saying there a little bit, the ones that usually are the most humble and the ones that help the most usually never have the need to say so. That's just in my experience. Right. I've, I've never... I've never felt as though I need to, how do I put this? I, I, I never felt that I needed to express myself in that manner to other people because I don't need the affirmation from anyone else. I don't need that. I, I'm not looking for that that affirmation. I guess that maybe this is why the social media thing never resonated with me because I don't need affirmation from other people. I don't need the likes. I don't need the comments. I know what I do for others I understand what that does and what that means to someone else. And I also know what it does and what it means for me. So I don't need that from other people. I, I'm very content with going through my day to day and, and being true to myself and, and being true to other people. And that's all I've ever tried to be. And maybe that puts people like me, people like yourself and, and others, maybe that puts us on the outside. Fine. I'll be an outsider. I don't care. I'm, I'm good with that. I don't need to be part of that that group where it's an echo chamber of just the same logic going around in, in the same circular pattern every single day and every single moment. I don't need that. I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to be anywhere near that. I try every day to make a difference and, and do things to be a positive force in this world, as opposed to all the negativity that we hear about and all the things that we read about. I mean, I read so much bad news every day. I do. I mean, I, I'm digging through this stuff and, and Bruce is digging through this stuff and you're digging through this stuff and, and Marty and Ned, we're all digging through this stuff. And you know what? There is not a lot of good news out there. I've heard people in the press 
say, you know what, there's no news like bad news. And I'm beginning to believe that's true. Bad news sells more than good news. Good news, they don't get any ratings. They don't get any ratings. People don't want to hear the good news. They want to hear the bad news. That's why the media is a bunch of circus clowns up there going back and forth about how bad something is. They're always trying to sell you the next crisis, peddling their nonsense up there. There's not a lot to get excited about, but there's a lot to get excited about if you're excited about what you do and what you do for other people. And you being excited about yourself not being narcissistic or, you know, not having some kind of inferiority complex or something here. I'm not talking about that. But being true to yourself, people are going to see that around you. People are attracted to positivity. They're attracted to somebody that is on point and that understands things. People are attracted to that. And you know what? That will help you as well. That will be your form of affirmation. But it's not from another person. You're not getting that from another person. You're seeing it for yourself because what you do for yourself is having an effect on someone else, and that person is becoming a better person for themselves. That's affirmation enough for me. That's all I need to see. I want to see that person do better for themselves. That is affirmation for me. That, that's enough. That's all I need to see. I, I just need to see that person be better than what they are. And I'm not saying everybody's a bad person. Of course not. That's not what I mean. But that person that is stuck in that rut is in that state of unhappiness and, and depression and anxiety and stress and everything else and looking for a way out. If there is something that can be offered that you can take from from what I do or what somebody else does that's going to help you to get out of that, great, great. Then be better. Be better. Do what you think is good and then be better than that. I Man, do you, you, you have anything else to add real quick? Because, man, you nailed it. I, I want to give the listeners this this one little story, right? So just like uh, just like John said, I know this gentleman. Um, I don't know him too well personally. Yeah, he, uh, he lives in my street, you know, and this is an older guy. He's clearly disabled in some way. He doesn't talk too well. I can see that. But all he does is sits outside and watches the neighborhood. This guy walks around every morning. I didn't know this. I, I'm usually not out at 3, 4 a.m., but every morning before sunrise, this guy walks around and cleans up the neighborhood. He has a hard time speaking. And then he sits there all day just watching people trash it. And the next morning before anybody, and you know, I never knew the guy until I saw that. The hard, one of the hardest things for me was to accept and believe that the advice that I give is helpful to people. It was really difficult to force myself to check over and over again and make sure that, that, that it's okay for me to give advice. That, that was so difficult for me because it was a battle with self-insecurity and and I'm I'm embarrassed when I talk I you know I have a, I still have a hard time talking in front of people and I cannot take compliments at all like I burn one of the hardest things for me to do was to put my words out there because I've seen the deepest of the f- freaking mental darkness I've been there man <sighs> and to believe in myself enough to know that I got out enough to help other people was so difficult because I didn't want to screw anybody else the way I was but once you, once I got past that, once you get past that, once you just help somebody a little bit and watch them grow, what can be more fulfilling than realizing that something you came up with is actually good and other people want to do it? Scary, sure. Give it a try. Everyone is so afraid of failing, they don't help others. And I think you can only do that so much as in like there's a limit to it. And it all comes down to the other person. People want something simple. At least that's the mindset that everybody's stuck in these days. To look, just tell me what to do so I can do that. And then that will make me that. Okay, just just tell me what I need to do. No, it doesn't work that way. 
I, I've said this time and again, it doesn't work that way. I can tell you what works for me. Uh, that's fine. I can tell you what, what I did for myself. And maybe that will help you. Maybe you can take parts of it. I don't know. I took parts of it from other things that I saw. And that, that's what got me started. Once I had a start, then the rest of it just came naturally to me. I found things that allowed me to advance myself and it allowed me to develop myself into who I am today. And I've still, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a satisfied person. Not easily. I, I'm not satisfied at all. I'm never satisfied with anything. I, I don't want to say it's to the point of being a perfectionist, but I don't feel like I'm satisfied with what I focus on. I feel like I look. I got to do more. I got to. I, I have to get into this subject, or I have to read on this before I uh, go this way, and I, I have to look at how I'm going to do this or, or whatever, or, or I'm going to try this this week, and maybe that doesn't work, and I'm set back by two, three, or four, five weeks, whatever. But that's what it is, and I think that it's enough to to help somebody get a starting point is what I'm trying to say. It's enough to help people get a starting point and to get the ball rolling as far as their own self-development and, and being a better person in their own lives. And then it's going to be up to you to carry the torch the rest of the way. Yeah, you can pass it off, right? Think of the Olympic torch here. You can pass it off. Say, here you go. It's on you. It's your responsibility now and do what you need to do, right? Be that better person. And you might be sitting here thinking, hang on a minute. You guys are normally talking about like the events of the day and, and uh, politics and news cycles and stuff. And... <laughs> To be fair, we had an entire thing lined up. We had an entire agenda lined up and we haven't discussed one bit of it. Not one bit of it. I love it, man. It's this is this just went totally the most natural way possible because we see looking at everything that's going on a little bit more objectively. It's like you see this giant fire, but we're not looking at the flame. We're looking at the wood that's burning. We're, we're, we're trying to get to the lowest level of it. And that's why naturally you, you talk about this. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. I love the analogy that you just made. That is exactly right. Because we see what the problems are on the surface, right? We see those every day. We see them whether it's in the news or on social media or whatever. You see the stuff every day. Everybody knows what the problems are, but nobody has any answers. Nobody has any answers to that. We're talking about answers. And you say, wait a minute. No, you're talking about self-development. That's the answer. That is the answer. Self-development. You've got to change the way that you are in order to be what we need for a better world. That's the point. Because we have become what the corporations have wanted us to become, because we've become what the central bankers want us to become, because we've become what the politicians and the tech oligarchs want us to become, that's why we're in this mess. It's time for us to get back to what works. You know, last week when you were on, Pavel, and you were talking, I asked you at the end there if you had something you wanted to say to, to the listeners we have in uh, in Russia and in Belarus and in Ukraine. And you said something that resonated with me, even though I'm not from there, I'm from America, but even though I'm not from there, you said something that that resonated with me. And it it took me the entire week. And, and I've, I've been thinking on that. And that was go back. You said, go back to the campfire. When I was growing up, I was a Boy Scout, different organization these days. It's a disgrace these days, I'm sorry to say. But when I was growing up, that's what I remember the most. Those are the best times that I had were sitting around those campfires, whether it was roasting a hot dog or, or a marshmallow or, or something or, or whatever, or just sitting around just just talking, right? Just this, this is before hell. We didn't have like the, the first mobile phones for the average consumer were just starting to come to market. But even so, where I was camping, where we were sitting around the campfire, they didn't work. Nobody had them. There was one phone. 
it was a payphone. So you didn't have that. It was just whatever. It was just the guy sitting around the campfire. You know, I worked at, at camp for, for a few years and all summer I stayed there and we had campfires that somebody had a campfire every night. Somebody was cooking some some desserts or uh, somebody was cooking dinner or lunch. But there was always that smell of the campfire all throughout camp. And, and I'll never forget that that is where that's where I had the most pleasant of memories was sitting around that campfire. And it's, yeah, it's got it's got to be that, man. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to that. Gotta get back to that, man. And yeah, I'll hopefully I'll see you around the fire one day, dude. Yeah. I remember, man. We be like five five of us kids sitting around and it'll be like one one piece of candy and it'll be passed around. Everybody would take a small bite and there'll still be like half the piece left at the end. People were too too scared to take the bite that'll be bigger than the next person. So it'd still be candy left at the end. I have hope that things can change. And and what the things that we're discussing here today, it's got to be a winning back of the people's hearts and minds in order to change things. That's what it's it has like. To please be. just please don't don't force us to just say screw it and sit and watch everything burn. No. Because we we can't do that. And 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 if you wanna be nice, just just let nice people be nice. That's all. Don't 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 be how can I put it? Everybody knows deep down 100% and they're aware of it, what is right or wrong and this and that. It's I, I thought for a long time in religion, you know, you, you say that if you confess your sins at the end of your life and you really take the Lord, you know, Christ in whatever, all your sins are forgiven. But some people still go to hell. And I, I kept thinking about why, you know, the truth is when you confess your sins, you let go of your ego and if a person is confessing something, but he knows that very deep down he's laughing at the whole thing, those are the ones to go to hell. If you have to be completely honest with yourself first before anything else, let the cross be empty this time. Let no one go on it, man. You know, it's not fair what is being done to people and things that are being done to me. I'm okay with that. They, they made me who I am. But the only way the system is really hurting me right now and people like me is because we watch other people suffer and it's really in your hand in your hands to stop suffering to a point where other men will have to do th stupid things because they're trying to save you don't 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 get us to that point don't get anyone to that point because if you're a mother of a child and you love your child don't forget that that child remembers and thinks about you every day and if you're doing something that kills you he's not happy also or she is be mindful of the way you affect people around you. You know, when all this nonsense started a few years ago, and I, I saw I saw evil starting to manifest itself in the form of the way that people were being psychologically manipulated, it changed my perspective. Like I already had a changed sense of perspective going into it, but this just kind of pushed it over the edge, if you will. And from that yeah. point on, that from that point on, I thought, I don't care if it takes me. I, and I, I told this to myself, I made this commitment to myself that day. I said, I don't care if it takes me the rest of my natural life. I will fight this with every ounce of strength that I have, and I will not stop. Now, I don't care how far that has to take me in life. I, I don't care. But I see evil. And, and believe me, I've seen evil. Oh my goodness, I've seen evil. I've seen evil before all this, but it was an evil that people were not subjected to. I've seen evil. I've sat across the table from evil, I assure you. And usually that type of world, people, again, are are shielded from that, if you will, the average person. They don't see that. 
And when you see it in a professional world and you kind of separate yourself from that in private life, you can make that distinction. But when evil comes to your doorstep, when it's in every home, on every block, fighting it professionally is one thing. When it becomes personal, it becomes a lifelong crusade. And I swear I will not stop fighting these people and this evil. It will not happen. I'm right there with you, man. And what you said is an absolute reflection of how I feel. I've said this before in the podcast. And I really want to reiterate this. You know, I'm not talking about anything violent. I'm talking in concepts right now. But still, that moment when I realized that this is not my world, it's been changed on me. It used to be different. I realized that the whole point of my existence at this time and forever is to fight for people that suffer around me, whichever way I can, because personally, I've suffered enough. This, like you said, I, I'll do this for the rest of my life, wherever that leads me. I can't not do this anymore. I feel too bad for others. Me, I can go in the woods. Um, I'm sure I'll probably have friends in a better time. I'm, you get a campfire. <laughs> You'll get oh, a campfire. It's prohibited. Oh my God, it's prohibited everywhere. I can't go I anywhere. Know. Well, unless yeah, I, I pay, I, I have to, you know, you have I to know, pay. Well, remember those 15 minute freedom allowances that you have to pay for a day? Yes. Yeah, I literally yeah. have to go to a park, pay, and then have a fire while police is watching me. And then That's I go ridiculous. Home. That is ridiculous. Oh boy. We're uh, we're getting close to time here. Um, you got any final thoughts? God bless you, man. God bless you, man. God bless the listeners. And what you guys listened to was like dumping a whole bunch of darkness out of our hearts. I feel like something that needed to be said. I feel way lighter. And I feel like I'm laughing now and my, my laugh is back because the funny, th what, 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 where's the humor in, in this? Because, because everything we say is so horrible and things are so bad. What is funny? The funny thing is this, watching the bad people try so hard and think they're so smart not realizing that they're actually retarded excuse my language that's the joke. i laugh at these people every day i do i'm like you people are clowns like you're clowns i was i was talking to somebody last week about everything that's going on and you know it's a person that's they've got two new kids at home right uh, he has two two new babies at home bless him and he's concerned about things that are going on and rightfully so rightfully so i i understand we kind of had a laughing moment as we were just discussing things for about 30 minutes or something. We kind of had a laughing moment. And he says, well, what would you do if you walked up to one of these um, local bureaucrats People. and things now? And I said, I would walk into my nearest government building. And as soon as somebody would ask me, can I help you with something? I would say, yes. Is there an adult in charge that I can speak to? Because that's what it is. I saying that, yeah. That's what it is. Is there an adult in charge that I can speak to somewhere? I mean, I haven't found one in the last three to four years. I haven't found one. Is there uh, probably even before that? But is there an adult uh, in charge somewhere that I can speak to? Is that is that possible? I want to make a note that I actually did speak to somebody sounding like an adult today from the government. You know, probably one of the first times ever. So yes, there are exception, I guess. But we'll see. Let's see if I'm proven wrong. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. Pavel, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. We will see you back next week. And hopefully next week, we'll talk about actual current events. But quite frankly, I feel like today was a more important conversation. Ditto, man. I feel the same way. And and just God bless you and everyone. That's, that's all I got to say. I just want everybody to feel the fact that I want people to be better with everything in me. I hear you, my friend. And that's um, that's the absolute truth right there is you do want people to be better. And that's the point, you know, and that's why I tell people all the time, lead by example, be better than the people that you despise. 
and ask yourself every day, what are you doing to change history? For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been an absolute pleasure, Pavel. Thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you.